All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in. It is a Tuesday, November 29th edition of Daily Faceoff Live. I'm Tyler Uremchuk, and alongside me is our president of hockey content here at Daily Faceoff, Frank Saravalli. Frank, how's it going? Pretty good, Tyler. Great night of hockey and uh, ready to break it all down. Yeah, and there is a lot to break down. We got a little bit of breaking news. We also have Stephen Ellis with the next wave coming up later on in the show. But let's let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and start with one of the results we got last night. And that was the Rangers who, despite getting off to an early 2-0 lead, lost to the New Jersey Devils. And one player in particular was hard on himself after the game. And it was their goalie, Igor Shesterkin. As you can see here, he allows four goals on 37 shots. And he said after the game, quote, goalie played expletive game again i feel so bad and play so bad i'm ashamed every goal is an easy play for me i have to stop those if our team wants to win the game i have to play better the thing is yeah that's probably true igor shesterkin if you just look at last night's game you you know he probably could have had most of those goals on the season as a whole though igor shesterkin has been the reason they win a lot of hockey games he has a 258 goals against average a 913 save percentage but he's allowed eight goals against in his last two starts frank what do you make of shesterkin's comments and the rangers dropping another game certainly raises an eyebrow and i think when you take a look at shesterkin and how this season has unfolded for him he's someone that's reached a crisis of confidence the key words for me there when i hear them are i'm ashamed and when you read larry brooks in the new york post and when you look at how this team has played to this point a goaltender can paper over a lot of the ills that you have as a team, 
But with a team as fragile as New York has been this season, and Chesterkin being as unsteady as he's been at times, a 913 save percentage, we knew last season that this team analytically and under the hood allowed way too many high danger chances and shots against. And in this case, that's carried over. The Rangers knew that they needed to play differently this season. They haven't been able to do so. And Shesterkin hasn't been nearly good enough to cover up for some of those issues. So they're in a spot now where they're going to be in a dogfight to make the playoffs. Can they go on a run to get in? Of course they can. But here's where it gets really interesting for me, Tyler, because I think the longer this goes on for New York after going to a conference final last season and taking a huge step forward, we've also seen the stall in the development of some of these younger players, Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco and Philip Hedl has been maybe the best of those three. But I think the longer this goes on, everything has to be on, ta- on the table for the New York Rangers. Yeah, and, and I think that's a great point as well. You mentioned that Chesterkin can usually cover up a lot of sort of their their shortcomings as, as a team. He's faced the fifth most high danger chances at five on five, according to Natural Statric, amongst all goalies. I mean, they certainly don't make life easy on Chesterkin, but it is weird when you're so used to him stealing game after game after game like he did last season on route to a Vesna trophy. Let's talk about, or let's head out west and talk about some breaking news that we got earlier today. The Dallas Stars locking up Rope Hints, an eight-year deal that carries an $8.45 million cap hit. And what a fascinating story he is when you remember that he was drafted all the way back in 2015. He spends two more years after that in Finland. He plays 91 games in the American League before establishing himself as a full-time NHLer. And now the Stars lock up who they believe can be their top-line center for the next decade, pretty much. Frank, what do you think of this extension for Hints? I absolutely love it. I think the ace of spades is one of the most underrated players in the NHL. And when you take a look at his last three years, his body of work, he's basically a point-per-game player. And as Mike Kelly from Sport Logic pointed out this morning on social media, that sort of puts him in the top 30 to 35 scorers in the league. I think what's really interesting is the breakdown and where this contract ended up because it's not a coincidence to me that he ends up right in the exact same neighborhood as Miro Haskinen. This is a ton of money when you compare it to some other contracts in terms of the fact that Texas has no state income tax. So that number is probably closer to a 10.5 or 11 AAV somewhere else in terms of real net dollars. And it fits in perfectly for the Dallas Stars and their salary cap moving forward, knowing that they have these guys right at the top of it um, that can lead their team for the next long while. Hints has speed to burn. He's an absolute pain in the ass to play against. And he's got a competitive drive that I think allows him to continue to get better and better. His game isn't going anywhere. It's not going to be falling off a cliff. Um, and I think what he did last season is very repeatable in terms of year in and year out production. As you saw him take a huge step forward, Jason Robertson is showing that he can do the same thing again for the Dallas Stars. Hints is such a big part of everything that what that the Dallas Stars do. And the fact that he's locked up for the next number of years speaks to the transition that they've had in their uh, organization from the Sagan and Ben era, although those guys have played really well this season, to now Hints and Robertson and Haskinen taking over for the next long while. 
and Jake Ottinger in that mix as well. But I love that point you made. It's a Hints and Robertson team now up front. But a big part of their success this season has been the bounce backs from Ben and Sagan. They're, they're just looking like a wagon right now. Yeah, they have. They've been great. Like they've turned back the clock and particularly Jamie Ben with how good his November was. But I've seen a lot of reaction, Tyler, on social media to this contract and say, oof, that's an overpay. Just tells me you don't watch the Dallas Stars. Yeah, I don't think you're paying close enough attention because Hintz looks like a guy who, as I said in the first part of this, he can be your top line center for the next decade. And his game, there's just, there are no shortcomings. This is a guy who's solid in his own end, can kill penalties, contributes on the power play, puts up good even strength numbers. He's just, he's a guy who is worth more than $8.45 in my opinion, and he should be for the next eight seasons. And that's how long the Stars have him locked up. Let's head back to the ice and la or last night. Uh, action in the NHL and it was the Edmonton Oilers for a second straight game pulling off a strong comeback if you go back to their game against the Rangers on the weekend they were 20 minutes away from falling below 500 on the season they score four goals in the third period come back beat the Rangers last night they're 4.4 seconds away from losing to the Florida Panthers and it's Evan Bouchard who ties things up he now has three of the team's last eight goals after not scoring once through the first 20 games of the season it was an impressive comeback that was capped off by a Leon Dreisaitl overtime winner as well. Frank, do you think this could be a bit of a turning point for an Oilers team that was largely underwhelming through the first quarter of the season? I think underwhelming is the perfect word to describe how the Oilers have been to this point because they've had those flashes of brilliance and then they've had some other games that have been completely listless and lifeless and have been hard to figure out. Um, in this case, I think the biggest positive to take away is to get more contributions like you've gotten from Evan Bouchard. You mentioned three goals now in the last two games. You need him and some of the other younger players in that age range to step up and do more for this Oiler team. I think when you break down Bouchard's season and you take a look at it and the fact that only two of his points uh, of the nine that he scored to this point have been on the power play, that stands out to me. I know that second unit doesn't always get the most ice time because the first unit chews up so much of it, but what Bouchard is able to bring to the to the ice and the lineup, that offensive flair, the shot that he has, you need to see more of it on a consistent basis. And I think you need to see him more involved in the play. So the fact that the Oilers have gotten it from Bouchard of late, and you could start to see that confidence pop, particularly in such a big spot with five seconds left in the game, um on monday night that that was one of those things that could help propel bouchard the thing is will the rest of the oilers team go with him yeah depth scoring has always been an issue for the oilers since Connor mcdavid was drafted back in 2015 and one of the more impressive parts of that comeback victory on saturday was the first three goals they scored to even up that game mcdavid and dry weren't on the ice for either of them it was the ryan mcleod dylan holloway line and evan bouchard driving all of the offense and last night I, they did end up getting three points from Connor McDavid in the victory, but they actually looked good with 97 and 29 off the ice as well. And that's probably the most important building block here. It's also worth noting the Oilers are banged up right now as well. So if they can get contributions, well, I mean, Evander Kane's not going to be back for a while, but Ryan McLeod probably going to be out for the next week. Plus Warren Fogle, not in the lineup. Kyler Yamamoto still out with an upper body injury. If they can get contributions while those guys are out, life should get even better for this Oilers team and Jay Woodcroft once they start getting a few more regulars in that top nine back in the lineup. Yeah, I was going to say, too, it's interesting. I was wondering if the first quarter of the season for Bouchard might have saved the Oilers a bit of money on what that next contract looks like. Interesting to this point that I don't believe there's been much negotiation on, on that front. 
But maybe the Oilers now, as they start to see Bouchard perk up a little bit, maybe you want to get something like that done before he potentially explodes. Yeah, and that's a great point as well. The talk in Edmonton has always been, why don't you do with Bouchard what you did with Oscar Clefbaum so many years ago and lock him up before the big season comes and then enjoy a bargain contract for a few years, see if anything like that breaks throughout the season. Let's stay in Alberta here because last night was the return to Alberta for Matt Kachuk, and he was booed by the Oilers faithful almost every time he touched the puck. I was in the building last night, and it was fitting that he scored the first goal of the game and hand of the ear celebration as well. Um, there, we have a clip of it as Kachuk just uh, he never disappoints. In. Yeah, he he never disappoints, and this rivalry of uh, Kachuk versus the Oilers was so good for so many years, and it was great to see that it still lived on. But tonight is his big return to Calgary and the Saddle Dome just a few months after he was dealt. What do you think the reception is going to be like for Kachuk when he returns to the Dome after 431 regular season games in a Flames jersey? My expectation is that it will be a little bit mixed and more so for the departure and the way that that played out. I think he was such a fan favorite there. Um, they recognized the excellence in his play and all the different elements that he brought to the ice. Um, I, and you heard Daryl Sutter talk about it on Monday, the idea that, hey, he's going to be cheered. He should be celebrated for how well he played here. And that is all true. But it's also the fact that he made it really clear at the end that he wasn't going to be resigning there and he didn't want to play in Canada anymore. So that's a pretty distinct line to draw and essentially forced the Flames' hand. And it was managed really quite well from that perspective in that it never really bubbled over publicly until we got closer to a trade going down. But still, I would think that that leaves a little bit of a sour taste in the mouth of Flames fans. And now they're in a spot where... I think both of these teams to this point in the season, the Florida Panthers and the Calgary Flames, after such a seismic transaction, probably have mixed reviews on how this has all gone down. The Panthers won the President's Trophy last year. They're scuffling a little bit. Um, the Calgary Flames are still trying to find their footing outside of the playoff picture at this point in time and what's been a really disappointing start for both Huberto and Uyghur in their new uniforms after signing massive extensions. Matthew Kachuk's really the only guy that's delivered as part of this trade to this point in time among all the guys that had career seasons last year in Calgary or Florida. And I'm going to include Johnny Gaudreau in that mix. Kachuk is on pace for 119 points this season and to match the 40 some goals that he scored last year. So a new career high in points that he's on pace for and to hit the same goal total. I was saying for the longest time, Matthew Kachuk franchise player, People were pushing back against it, but I think that is a fact. Let's uh, chat a little bit more here about the Florida Panthers. Just quickly to wrap this up, Paul Maurice said early in the year that, you know, they want to be better defensively. They're going to establish some new systems. And he said there could be some growing pains with that. He said the first 20 games of the year might be an adjustment period. Okay, we're clear, that, clear through that first 20 game mark. Is this still just an adjustment period for the Panthers? Or would you be sitting there going, no, there's legitimate concerns with this team as they sit with more losses than wins? I don't have a concern, definitely not from an offensive standpoint. That team averaging more than 40 shots per game, and it was really interesting that the Oilers held them uh, south of 30 on Monday night. But from that perspective, I think they haven't necessarily gotten the results. All of their underlying metrics and numbers have been there. 
Defensively, they've also dealt with some injury. I mean, Aaron Ekblad missed a significant chunk of time. They're asking other players on their team, Josh Mahora, to step up and do things that they're not accustomed to doing in the NHL. And they are still a bit thin on their back end and probably do miss someone like Mackenzie Weger. So in terms of concern level, I think they're going to find a way to figure it out. Um, their go- I'd imagine their goals for goes rockets up significantly. And if they can find any sort of modicum of success uh, defensively, then they'll be that much better off. One player rarely ever makes a game, but they didn't have Barkov last night. And one of my first thoughts after the Oilers tied it up off a face-off late in the game D zone, I was like, man, if Barkov's in the lineup, I wonder if the Panthers don't hold on and win that hockey game last night. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit and get to our friend Stephen Ellis with a new edition of the next wave. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Always a pleasure to welcome in Stephen Ellis for his weekly hit here on Daily Faceoff Live. It's the next wave delivered by DoorDash and some news in terms of the prospect rookie world earlier this week. Marco Rossi, after having just one point in 16 games sent down by the Minnesota Wild, sort of take us through maybe what hasn't been clicking for Rossi this year and if this was the right decision by Minnesota. So Rossi decimated everybody in the preseason. This looked like a guy who was ready to go, ready to challenge for the Calder Trophy. He was one of my top picks, but uh, it's someone who still feels like he's trying to play catch up. He missed most of the 2020-2021 season due to COVID, uh, where he had it himself and it it took him out. Uh, So last year he had to play catch up, and and I thought the offensive numbers were good. He was playing with some good line mates, but I wanted to see a bit more of what he could do on his own. And 
I think this year when he wasn't cracking the team in the top six right away and he was playing the bottom six, that didn't really suit his style. He's a very smart playmaker. He's one of the smartest prospects, I think, in the game right now. Um, so we know he can do some great things. He's going to put up a lot of points in the NHL. This is a guy I'm expecting to get 60, 70 points every single year. Um, so to him to have a slow start like this, I think this is a good opportunity for him to get his confidence back because, again, he did play so much catch-up where he, he's a year behind a lot of players from that same draft class. And I think that's a tough thing for him but I, I'm not too worried about him right now he's still very young Stephen as we take a look at the calendar we're just under a month away from Boxing Day and the World Juniors in Halifax and that means we're just about 10 days away from the start of World Junior Camp for Team Canada when you take a look at the potential of their roster what's the latest on a few big names that might be joining Team Canada for the tournament it sounds like Canada will have Dylan Gunther and Shane Wright available to them, which is a huge addition to a team that's already got Connor Bedard, Adam Fantilli, and Logan Stankoven at center alone. That's an incredible group. Uh, you're throwing guys like Owen Beck, Nathan Gauthier. The center depth is incredible. Um, they might get Brant Clark, the way things are kind of going on in L.A. He wasn't playing a lot. He's down in the AHL right now, on a, or was on the AHL on a conditioning stint. I think he should be available to him. Uh, then you look at a Brendan Ottman, who's having a great year in the OHL, and he and Shane Wright and Brant Clark made one of the best trios I've ever seen at the U16 level, or Brant Clark was setting them both up from the point, and it was unbelievable to don those flyers that I think only lost like one game all season long. Uh, then you bring in Owen Zellweger, who was probably one of the biggest threats for the top defenseman trophy in the last tournament of the summer uh this group is going to be one of the deepest offensive groups and then defense they're going to be contributing a lot of points i think the biggest question right now is their goaltending but if we're looking at benjamin gujo we're looking at uh tyler brennan i still think those two guys could be starters on most teams in this tournament so this canadian team is going to be just absolutely just full of damage yeah, it seems kind of typical of Canadian World Junior teams, right? They're loaded up front. They got some big blue line pieces and Canadian hockey fans are sitting there going, who's going to play a net for us in the tournament? You, seems like it's always the way. Uh, I want to talk a little NCAA hockey with you because there is a Canucks prospect that is the talk of NCAA college hockey. Take us through uh, what you got there. So Ian McDonough was a guy that uh, a lot of reports were saying the Canucks were trying to make him go pro after last season. And it was someone where he probably could have stepped in, but I feel like he'd probably spend more time in the AHL. Uh, now that he's 23, he's a captain of Northeastern. He's looking just fantastic right now. He's one of the top scorers. Uh, last year, he was about a point-per-game player. This year, he's on pace for closer to 60, which is not uncommon for 23-year-olds in this. But this is someone who plays a heavy game. He's got a great shot. Uh, his defensive game has taken some nice steps over the last couple of years. And I think for a seventh round pick, this is all you could ask for. But I think this is a guy that might be able to step into the lineup next year. And he might be a really good, energetic, physical, third line, power forward type guy for this team. And uh, I, I really like what he brings to the table there. So uh, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the Canucks do next. Of course, when you got seniors, there is the threat that they might sign elsewhere when their rights expire. But uh, the, given the, how hard the Canucks pushed to, to bring him in last year and how good he's been this season, uh, I think he'll be in the Vancouver Canucks uh, uniform next season. Yeah, no kidding. A seventh round pick who's looking like he's going to be a hell of a lot more than that. Love the insight as always, Stephen. The next wave delivered by our friends at DoorDash where you can use the promo code GAMEDAY25. That gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app. Chat again next week, Stephen. Thanks. Thanks, guys.
Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Mitch Marner is putting together quite a point streak. It's now up to 17 games, Frank. So the question is, when will this bad boy end? It is a really good question because Mitch Marner has been all over the place for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And when you look at this season, not just the point streak, but I think it feels like a long time ago, it was only the end of October that we were Toronto Maple Leafs fans were all over Marner for some of the giveaways that he had against specifically the Anaheim Ducks, rolling their eyes, saying same thing over and over again with this group. But Marner has been really good defensively. I think they've got um, an interesting few spots on their schedule coming up, but I see no reason why Mitch Marner can't get to 20 games and begin to challenge for that record, the franchise record for the Toronto Maple Leafs and passing some pretty great players along the way. Marner is at 17. Jason Robertson is at 16. If they can each survive the next two games, it'll be Marner versus Robertson, a 19-game point streak against an 18-game point streak on Tuesday, December 5th, when the Leafs roll into Dallas. Wouldn't that be a fascinating storyline? Be awesome, man. Both those guys have been ridiculous. Robertson, um, I think he's knocking on the door um, of the Hart Trophy just behind Connor McDavid. Absolutely. And uh, yesterday on the DFO rundown, you used the headline streaking to uh, describe the start of the season, not just for teams either, Frank. We have had seven different 10 plus game, 10 plus point streaks from players so far this year. It's been remarkable. Um, speaking of needing to get on a run and get on a streak, let's get to our points bet daily bet segment. It was not a great night for me last night. The only one I hit was that Bouchard shot prop, but thankfully it was up at plus 130. So it you know, maybe a little bit of damage control there, but I, I'm not going to try to be too positive about it. Let's just turn the page and get into tonight where I like the Seattle Kraken as road dogs plus 110. And honestly, I was stunned when I saw this. I thought they would be pretty significant favorites in this hockey game. You can say, oh, well, they're on the road. Yeah, they're 7-1-1 one one on the road so far this season. And they're taking on an LA Kings team that is 5-3-2 in their last 10. Seattle's been one of the best teams in the entire NHL in the month of November. And I like them to conclude their schedule this month with a victory against the LA Kings. So that is my favorite spot of the night here. I also really like the Elias Pettersson shot prop out in that Vancouver-Washington game. Pedersen has crushed it in four straight games, and I like him to do that once again tonight. Also, a quick one, Marty Natchez on the shot prop tonight. It's one of my favorite bets. It's set at two and a half, paying just minus 150, but he's had four shots in three straight games. I like Natchez and Pedersen to hit their shot props. And the Seattle Kraken, Frank, can you believe that they're dogs tonight against the LA Kings? Uh, yeah, that doesn't feel right to me, especially the way they've plowed through the month of November. Yeah, they have been red hot. Uh, as we always do, let's wrap up the show with a little bit of garbage time. Frank, what do you got? Yeah, Tyler, I wanted to give a little love to the Edmonton Oilers. They had Indigenous Celebration Night on Monday night and wore some incredible uniforms in pregame warm-up to help celebrate that. But it wasn't just what the players wore on the ice, as you see these awesome-looking jerseys. The numbers were what got me. Um, and Lance Cardinal is the one who designed these. I actually had a chance to meet Lance uh, one night uh, uh, at the casino after a little gambling. And it was great to meet an Oiler fan that's so ingrained in the game. Um, and he's a huge part of uh, leading the charge from the Indigenous community um, in celebration with the Oilers. And it was also in the arena as well. They had Ashley Calling Bull Rabbit, who was the in-arena host. And I just thought a fantastic night. There's some other teams that do this really well. The Vancouver Canucks are one. 
um, the Oilers with their land acknowledgement and I think how genuine it's been, um, certainly not window dressing and after all that the Indigenous community has been through, we celebrated our Shirt Day uh, in remembrance and recognition earlier this year, that I think it's important to really bring that part of your community, especially with how ingrained it is in Edmonton as a whole, um, into your fan base. And I think they've done a great job celebrating that community and continuing it to, to grow it. And I thought Monday night was a great uh, opportunity to recognize that. Chief Willie Littlechild, who used to play for the University of Alberta Golden Bears, was on hand as well. And he's actually the one who reads the land acknowledgement on the Jumbotron before every Oilers home game. And also another neat thing that they did uh, in the building last night is kind of every second TV timeout, they did a little profile of uh, leaders in the Indigenous communities and a whole bunch of different respects from professors at the University of Alberta to people who were just in Edmonton and ingrained in the culture. So I agree with you, Frank. They did a tremendous job last night on Indigenous Celebration night in Edmonton down at Rogers Place. And that's going to be a wrap for today's edition of the show, a Tuesday, November 29th edition of Daily Face Off Live. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, hit that subscribe button and we'll chat again tomorrow, noon Eastern time. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.